Welcome to the F3 American Yammer podcast, where we give the men of F3 a chance to tell their story as they've transitioned from sad clown to high impact man. I'm Short Circuit, and each week I'll be joined by another member of F3 who is willing to step up and share his story. So, without further ado, here's today's show. guys, welcome to another episode of F3 American Yammer. I'm your host, the most nasally of short, of short circuits on the nation's fourth best podcast out of four. And today I'm happy to have, uh, have on Boone's Farm. So welcome, Boone's Farm. Thank you, Mr. Circuit. Mr. Circuit. We were talking about this before. I should tell people I have a PhD, Dr. Circuit. <laughs> I'd believe that's like, you. That's, well, like, no, everybody automatically assumes Dr. Mario has a PhD. He doesn't have a PhD. The guy's a plumber. That's a good point. Yeah. You can't get a doctorate in plumbing? I'll put that out to yeah. the packs. <laughs> Can you get a doctorate in plumbing? Today's question. All important, right. Important stuff today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you're on the podcast with us, so thanks again for being here. Yes, sir. Um, there I go again with the ums. We talked about this. We talked about this already. All right. Name Arama. Name age of three name. David Landon, 42. Boone's Farm. Boone's Farm. Now, how long have you been in Natville PAX? I started, it's coming up on four years, if you can believe it. So December of 2015, uh, right before Christmas, maybe the 9th of December mm-hmm. 2015, was my um, my first attempt at, at F3. So, you know, two, two of the four years I was gone, mm-hmm. but uh, so two years at the Natville PAX, basically. Okay. Coming yeah. up in two years. Yep. So your initial date was that December 2015. Yep. You kind of missed two years there, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, all right. So so you've actually had a chance before then to see it. Like you had that sort of initial exposure, and then you've been able to kind of come back now and see it grow. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. So you've probably seen how much of an impact it's made. It's, it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing to see from when I started. And it was already making an impact by the when I started, mm-hmm. um, but this, the, the growth of it and the size and the breadth and, you know, not being able to go to target without seeing somebody from F3 <laughs> has, has changed quite a bit. Yeah. So it's been good. There you go. Now posting when and where do you usually post and what's your routine? Yeah. I'm, I'm a try, I try to be four days a week, mm-hmm. but I typically am, am three and it really goes back and forth. I'm a circle time guy. On Mondays, uh, Tuesdays I'm shake weight typically, sometimes fence line. Uh, Wednesdays almost exclusively Natty's hump, but sometimes local honey. Um, and Thursdays sweat angel, and Fridays of course lunatic fringe is <clears throat> one of my favorites. I was psych there for for a while before I left uh, for Ireland. So were you really? Yeah, so lunatic fringe. And when I started, we were averaging uh, maybe five or six uh-huh. folks and by the time we left we had grown and I was really excited about it so handed it off to Matlock when I when I left took it over from Yeti I think wow yeah there's like this whole so I'm just like you there now there's this whole history that I didn't yeah. even know about I knew about Matlock and I knew about Bedbug but I didn't know about you and Yeti that's yeah. interesting and I didn't even know Bedbug did it yeah this must have been off while I was gone <laughs> while you were gone all right write down their names here all right awesome so yeah, it sounds like try and shoot for four. Usually get three. You got yeah. your, your typical routine. Yep, and that's good. And that way, at least guys know where to find you if they wanna 
yeah. flag you down Absolutely. to argue about this podcast. Half the t- I try to do ECs before um, some of the workouts, too. Mm. And so some of the packs sees me out there. Yeah. Well, I know you, so you, and, you and Guiding Light have the, the, the Clydesdale run, right? Yeah, the Sloth, the Sloth Mose. Sloth, sloth, mo- sloth Mose. <laughs> <laughs> Friday mornings, uh, we leave about 10 minutes before the other runners, five to 10 minutes before, so we can get there around the same time. But yeah, Guiding Light, Huffy, and, and sometimes Radiator, we do that one. There you go. Awesome. All right, well, let's, let's jump in here and start talking about the, the substantive portion yes. of our podcast. So let's talk about life before F3. So what was fitness like for you? What, how, did you how did you sort of define fitness? Or, or did, you, did you grow up playing sports, or were you kind of a sports guy? Yeah, I was pretty active in sports when I was a kid. Um, I was a good baseball player, a uh, really good basketball player. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> So I was always active in those arenas when I was a kid, and even into to high school, and not not to, for the the schools or anything. And in college, I would play a lot of sports and things. But I was, you know, from a fitness perspective, that was about it. Um, and I guess my my range of fitness from when I started, you could say it was from the east before is from the west, uh, that kind of grander. <laughs> of how far away I was from anything of a fitness person before. I would consider myself, I'd go play tennis mm. once or twice a week and think, man, I'm, I'm in great shape. But <laughs> I could play fit. <laughs> exactly, but I, I was in terrible shape. Mm. And um, so fitness before F3 was pretty pretty horrible, mm. pretty horrible. Now, I, you know, when I was a kid, it, it was different, but once once the sad clown times hit in and, you know, get married have kids your life changes quite a bit and you can't go play basketball for three or four hours anymore yep. uh, and golf is not really anything that's going to help your fitness so <laughs> it's like honey you spent eight hours just walking on yes. a very nice golf course yes but drinking enough beer that yeah the offset really all, the, all the walking and the rest of the time you rode in a cart exactly you, you know what's interesting about it too and this is something that i've heard from a lot of guys on the podcast is that myself included many of us were involved in sports early on and that absolutely plays into some level of of understanding fitness and staying healthy what's interesting about it is that most of us really well, virtually all of us never go on to play professional sports so we never end up having to push it to any sort of substantial level yeah and so once the the real world thing set in job family those types of things as you brought up you can't now go spend three hours playing basketball yeah. or eight hours every golfing day. every day, yeah. right? You now have to put those things to the side. And so without some type of an active thing, as we talk about each day, a man is becoming either marginally more fit or marginally less fit. And yes. naturally that margin begins to catch up. Yeah, well, it, it feels like it wasn't very marginal <laughs> for me. It was large chunks of <laughs> maybe maybe margarinal. <laughs> it was margarinal. Gotcha. Okay, so sports in the background, yep. but it slowly over time tapering off, and then by the time college and post college comes around, it's virtually gone. Yeah, completely. tennis two times a week. Yeah, if, if I'm lucky. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, what about your fellowship? What was kind of the nature of your relationships? How did you? Um, navigate the the friendscape, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I was the 
I mean, I hear a lot on this podcast that, oh, I was a typical sad clown and, you know, my relationships were my wife's friends, mm-hmm. husbands. I mean, so I guess I just fall directly into that. <laughs> I mean, I hear other guys talking about it and I'm like, no, not as bad as I was. Yeah. <laughs> um, my fellowship was, <clears throat> you know, I had a, a few friends, mm-hmm. uh, but mostly it was my wife's friends, husbands. Which some I'm still friends with today. Some have posted and we've gotten out there. But, you know, it was not good. And my, my fellowship was to the point where um, I was so desperate. And that's a word I'm, trying, I'm using purposefully. Mm. For a male, you know, that camaraderie that F3 brings. I, I remember Circuit getting, like, playing tennis on Monday nights up at Lake Jeanette. Mm-hmm. And it was beer night like men's night. And if I didn't play well, I was devastated. Mm. I would lose sleep if I didn't play well at beer night because I wanted to be, you know, I wanted guys to call up and ask me to play tennis. I wanted to be, you know, popular in the tennis crowd at Lake Jeanette. I was so frustrated when I wasn't able to win tennis matches. They had no consequence to anything. The guys that were playing were literally drinking beer in between games. Mm. And I was upset about not being able to play to my highest potential. I'd go play basketball Saturday mornings with a bunch of guys. If I didn't win, I was I was upset all day mm. over a pickup game mm. because it, it took so much of who it was who I was. Mm. If I wasn't a good basketball player, tennis player, no one's going to like me. Mm. And, you know, I have to win. I have to be good. I have to... You know, do well at these things, or no one's going to call me for the next time. Or mm. I'm not going to have the. I would do anything for those guys to like call up and say, "Hey, you want to go have a beer?" Mm. They never did, but you know, it just. I was. That's how my fellowship was. Mm. I, it was so lacking that I was replacing it with these non-existent, <laughs> unimportant things, and it was affecting my family life. I would come home angry. Mm. My wife's like, "Oh, how was tennis?" And I'd be, I'd be upset. I just could not serve tonight. <laughs> She's like, but it was beer light. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. Like, it has no impact. Mm-hmm. Just go out and have fun with your friends. I, that was not how I played tennis or basketball or anything. Yeah. I was so, I needed that camaraderie that you're good at basketball. Mm. You know, you should come hang out. Mm. You know, when F3 started, you know, all that went away. Mm-hmm. Almost within the first couple of weeks. Because my wife would would probably attest to this. I'm like, I'm mean, a wholly, a completely different person. Mm-hmm. Because now I don't, and I go play tennis, and it's like, hey, let's have a beer. Like it didn't matter. Yeah. Because I, you know, I wake up and there's 20 guys that I know and like to be around and that appreciate me for who, for what I do. Yeah. Which is very slow, but they appreciate it, um, at least to my face. <laughs> so. I'm I'm blabbering on, but I think this is important for me. Is is the fitness questions almost, and the fellowship questions are the two biggest pieces of how my life has flipped upside down, literally upside down. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and absolutely. I mean, I think that when you talked before, you, know, you kind of brought up this idea, like you were, you didn't have very, you have very few friends, you're very desperate, and I think in some respects, some part of that desperation can come back to having a. a maybe a misunderstanding of what male fellowship looks like. Exactly. And so as you brought up, oh, it has to be competition because 
as men, we're naturally competitive, yeah. right? Um, but when you believe, oh, it has to it has to be that competitive nature in order to meet for me to find my identity as a man, um, then yeah, your fellowship is going to look like I'm just out here to beat you, in the hopes that you'll respect me enough to call me exactly and, and, and be a friend. And, yeah, and be a friend. It, it was it's completely backwards. Mm-hmm. And so when I when I read Free to Lead, I mean, it was you know when you go to church and you feel like the pastor is talking to just you. And only you. Nope, never had one of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what the entire book of Free to Lead was for yeah. me. Like, it, it could have been written for me. Uh, you know, well, it was. At the, and, doesn't and it say to Boone's Farm at the beginning? <laughs> it should. It should. All future printings mm-hmm. should say that. Because that's how I felt. It was It was hitting right exactly where I was. Mm-hmm. You know, all the, the fellowship pieces. You know, who you want to be as a person. I mean, my level of confidence changed not because I was doing well at F3, because mm-hmm. I still don't, don't really do well at it, but I'm, I'm there. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that I have done all this extra stuff has changed just the way I approach life completely. Yeah. I, even going to the grocery store, I used to get dressed and you know make sure, just in case someone saw me and you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> now I, I just don't care as much about the outside world and what people think of me, because mm-hmm. You have to kind of let that go at F3 when you're a big guy. Mm-hmm. If, if you really, really care mm-hmm. about what people think about you, <laughs> you don't go to F3 when you're 330 pounds, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's so very which, true. which is probably why it took me so long to post, but, mm. you know, it's important for me. No, absolutely. And, yeah, I think there's a level of vulnerability that you end up having to cede to, mm-hmm. Right. And if you can't, as you're pointing out, if you can't cede to that level of vulnerability of being willing to say, hey, technically in a group of very fit men, like, I don't know if I should really be here, but being able to be there anyway and be supported, I think that's going to allow you much of what you're talking about to being able to fall back on from a fitness and fellowship perspective. Indeed. All right. So let's talk about the third F, the the faith piece. Mm -hmm. So what did faith look like to you? And really that's kind of holistic in nature, yeah. right? With, um, kind of thoughts on something greater than yourself, um, community impact, uh, or even your, your personal religious faith. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's, this is, that's been the one part of F3 that's been, that hasn't had really day-to-night change for me. Mm-hmm. It's been in the faith portion. Um, I was a pretty strong Christian since college. Um, that's been true up until this point. <clears throat> F3 has been great because um, I always felt like my extracurricular um, faith activities were always kind of more forced upon me, mm-hmm. and that by my myself, not anybody else. But you know, when you go to church and you do Bible studies or men's groups, and you don't really know those men, you see them, you know, whenever you show up to the men's group, and mm-hmm. you have a few guys you shake hands with, but it's it's not a deep you know, relationship there. So, but with F3, you know, I do as many third Fs as I can um, because I want to. Yeah. And it's just a different world. So from that perspective, it's grown uh, a great deal. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, throw, I'll name, drop some names here. You know, Bird's Nest. Um, he's had a lot of classes right here at Search where we're sitting today. I've been in this room many, many times mm. uh, with Bird's Nest and, and others that have you know gotten in deep to books or uh, really talked deep about faith and things like that that was missing before mm. so i think that 
from an overall holistic approach, like my faith is, was strong before I came into F3 and it's strong today. Mm-hmm. I just think there's new facets to it now yeah. with F3 where, um, you know, Tuesday mornings right now we're, we're doing a book study uh, with Wicked that's mm-hmm. really interesting and controversial on, on the future of the church mm-hmm. and the culture we live in today. Those are things probably I wouldn't do if it wasn't for F3. So there you um, go. It's it's taken leaps and bounds in that in that regard, mm-hmm. but overall the faith is still still strong and <clears throat> you know I'm still very thankful that after four years I'm still going strong at F three because I think a lot of people who knew me before would be surprised. <laughs> so <laughs> four years with anything, it's true. True. Awesome. All right. Well, that that paints a picture for us. So we know you come from the sports ish background. Yes. Tapered off. Very few friends, very desperate for those male relationships that you could lean on. Mm-hmm. And coming from a strong Christian background that hasn't, it hasn't, you know, F3 hasn't necessarily shifted it 180 degrees or yeah. pivoted it. Uh, but definitely it sounds like has given more more substance to it. Absolutely. Uh, which it's will... just not as night and day change. Yeah. I mean, my first two, the first two Fs for me were transformational. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't say it loud enough with big caps, you know. Um <laughs> It's in all caps. It's folks. in all caps, people. <laughs> it, that it, the faith has not been that transformational. Gotcha. It's been great in many ways, mm-hmm. but the first two were things in my life that were literally had to change. Yeah, had to change my fitness. My doctor told me mm-hmm. if I wanted to go see my girls dance at their wedding or dance with my girls at their wedding, mm-hmm. had to change my life. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like it wasn't a subtle change for me. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's talk about that first workout all those years ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, so almost four years ago now. Yeah. So who EH'd you? Who's, who's the culprit? There was a kind of a double EH, actually. Um, EH. It's, it started with DFib, and I don't know if you know DFib. Yes, I do know. Good. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. You know, he EH'd me first mm-hmm. and brought it up at church one day after our kids are in the same age group. Actually, our that's how we met, I met Defib, was at the baby and me class or mm-hmm. whatever, where your wives go to Moses Cone right before you give birth and yeah, do like yeah. a birthing class. Uh-huh. Defib was in that class, okay, and so he almost ran over us in the parking lot because he was late, <laughs> and like I waited for him, like what you almost killed us. And it was kind of confrontational, but you know he was laughing and like, man, I'm so sorry. And so we went out to dinner a couple times with he and his wife, and didn't see him for two, three years at church hmm. and we were picking up our kids and there they were. <laughs> and Sadiq was like, hey man, and he wrote down F3 and he, you know, showed me the website and said, you should come, here's my number and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, didn't really happen that way. I had as many excuses as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, fast forward probably a year, seriously a year. Wow. Um, Flapjack, hmm. he was, he's a friend of mine uh, again, a wife's friend's husband mm-hmm. is how is who Flapjack is, and we were out in the mountains with the families, a bunch of families, you know, for around this time of year. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think it was right around this time of year. He said, "Hey, I do this thing at five in the mornings," and it was the same thing Defit was talking about. I'm mm-hmm. like, actually, there's this guy um, who introduced me to it, and so uh, Adam the D, uh, Flapjack was same thing. Here you go. Let's go. 
that was in October. I didn't post until December. So, <laughs> so you can imagine it, it took me about a year and a half uh-huh. to actually post after my first EH from DFIM and Flappy. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, it seems like sometimes it takes a number, a number of months or a number of interactions. Yeah. It's one thing when it's one guy. It's another thing when it's two or three guys. Yeah. Like, hey, man, come out, come out, come out. Yeah. Okay, so the double EH from DFib and Flapjack. Yeah. And now that first workout, who, where, where was it? It was, um, it was going to be at, at Shake Weight, uh-huh. and I, I fart sacked, accidentally, um, so it ended up being Natty's Hump. Okay. Yeah, and Matlock was the cue. There you go. Okay. And I remember it vividly because, because <clears throat> he said, he did his spiel and all this stuff, and then, did the intro, and he said. It's leg day. And I'm like, oh, good. Because if there's one thing I've got, I'm, I'm, I've got legs, man. Yeah. Like, I can do squats uh-huh. all day. You know? <laughs> all day, guy. Because I could, you know, I walk around 330 pounds at the time. So, you know, my legs had been putting up with a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I can do legs. And, of course, that meant running and, and things of that nature. So, <laughs> so Matlock. <laughs> By legs, I mean we're going to run. Yeah. So we got, I got crushed, mm. and and I don't want to jump ahead if there's a further question, but I'll never forget it. He said, he said, okay, let's mosey, and for the, the guys in the packs that know this, know Natty's Hump AO, you know, you start at the tennis courts basically, and you run up to the church, mm-hmm. the church parking lot at Mount Pisgah. Well, just for an example of where I was with fitness, I had to stop twice. Oh wow! On the run to the church parking lot. Wow. Okay. That's how bad of shape I was in. Just on the initial mosey, I had to stop and walk. Okay. Twice to catch my breath. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's less than a quarter of a mile, right? I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now you can. I could do it in my sleep, but mm. that that first day, you know, if it wasn't for Nomad, mm. you, know, you know, pulling uh, up. Nomad the, was there. Yeah. Picking up the six. I was, I was so far back, I was like the eight. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a six behind the six? Uh, yeah, so so that was my first first workout, Natty Sump, leg day uh-huh. from Matlock. You can actually go and look at the back blast, because we were doing back blast back then, <laughs> and uh, and read what what, uh, what we did. And it's pretty, it was pretty typical. Mm-hmm. You know, run up the church parking lot, did a bunch of, you know, back and forth on those speed bumps, mm-hmm. and then did wall work. Uh, you know, over on the wall. Okay. And pretty pretty simple for what we do today, but to sure. me it was dastardly. <laughs> it was awful. This is terrible. I couldn't walk for like three days. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Now, why Boone's Farm? Yeah, so Boone's Farm was it, <laughs> it was uh it was perfect because I got up there and you know, I talked forever. You know how some guys it kind of gets uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, they no one got uncomfortable for me for some reason. Uh, they just kept asking me questions. You know, I went to Florida, so a couple guys threw out Florida State mm-hmm. stuff, and that didn't take, which I was surprised about. And uh, you know, they never, they never, no one seemed to like any of the names, which was strange because they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was pretty mad about it because I hate Florida State with passion. So mm-hmm. they kept doing Florida State things and. Um, but no one did, and all of a sudden they're like, "Keep talking." I'm like, "Holy, I have told you everything." <laughs> so I said, "Okay, I collect wine as a hobby," mm-hmm. and uh, La Stinky to Cheese yelled out, "Boone's Farm!" 
<laughs> and everybody started cracking up. And so there it was, Boone's Farm. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. probably because he had a couple bottles of it at home. <laughs> probably in the car. So. <laughs> oh, I mean, a friend told me that was a terrible, <laughs> terrible drink. No. I have to ask, did you splash Merlot? No. No, which would have been fitting for a guy like with the name Boone's Farm. But, uh, <laughs> no, no more low splashing. Okay. Yeah, because I kept stopping to walk. <laughs> you yeah, know, so I wouldn't, it. right? Yeah. And to this day, still, still no, uh, no splashes of Merlot. There were a couple of times it was close. I'll tell mm. you that. Mm. Uh, even recently, I, I can't remember where it was, but I think we, I don't remember what it was, but I remember going. I think it was at Ludertake Fringe. I had to stop and during Mary. And, and just lay there on my side. <laughs> like, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm going to modify to a body destroyer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing yeah. sharing that with us. And, and definitely uh, the double EH from DFib and Flapjack and um, Stinky Cheese for, Stinky. for yeah. pulling up the name there. All right. So we've talked about life before F3. We know about that first workout. Let's talk life since F3. Okay. So... You've alluded to most of this already when we were in the, in the previous discussion. So fitness-wise, where has is, where is fitness gone for you? And, and really, what has been your perspective on fitness since joining F3? How has that changed? I mean, it's, I mean, I would still, I would still say that I've got a long way to go today with fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I may be down 30 pounds or 40 pounds or whatever I am. I don't even know. I have to stop counting. That's not really that important to me anymore. It's more of being able to keep up with the packs, which I think people who listen to this that know me know that I, I don't, and that's uh, so I still have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. But if you think about having to stop twice to run to the church parking lot at Natty Sump, now I do five Ks extra credits before mm-hmm. workouts, um, which was a total dream at the, before I started F three. Yeah, so. Uh, I still have a long way to go. I'm not breaking any land speed records, but you know, you you run three miles, three point one miles to Lunatic Fringe, then do the workout. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say that my fitness now is in way, way, way better shape than I was before I started. Yeah. So still a long way to go, but um, from where I was, I'm pretty thrilled with it. Yeah. Um, Got to work on the clean king thing mm-hmm. a little bit, but. There you go. That's where I'm at. Awesome. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think being able to see, see the progress. You you bring up the story of stopping twice on the way to the church, yeah, the church parking lot, and using that as kind of a visual, a reminder, if you will, to say that's where you were. That's yep. not where you are now. Yeah, is definitely something that absolutely can stick with you, right? And it, and it and it lends more credibility to. I really am. Because now I'm sure if you were to go run, that'd be no problem. And even right. as you brought up, doing the, the, the 5K-ish distance yeah. uh, before Lunatic Fringe, and that, that speaks yeah. volumes. Yeah, and I'll do that. I usually try to do that Tuesday, mm. or I'll go early Wednesday or Thursday. Mm. You know, I'll do, I try to go early to catch up. Mm. Like, I know that sometimes if I really want to be where I want to be, I need to do more than just the workout. So mm. I'll, I'll go early, you know, to Sweat Angel and run the parking lot. Sometimes with try to do it a long time or do a uh, EC rock or something before the, uh, you know shake weight or do a run. Mm-hmm. So a lot of guys have motivated me to do that. I mean, Mall Cop just ran his half marathon. Yeah, uh, I I'd love to be able to do that at some point. 
That would be, I don't want to do a full marathon. That's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's got time for that. <laughs> but, but a half would be great. Well, Elliot, Elliot Kipchoge just ran the full marathon in two hours. I mean, so oh. it's, it's not that hard. Oh. Right? Well, just a little, <laughs> little training here and there. Yeah, just, just, little, just, just a little. A couple easy runs, I should be there. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> I can hit that next week. Uh, awesome. Well, yeah, and, and absolutely to the point you brought up about Mall Cop, you know, there, there's somebody who absolutely um, has worked very hard on, on getting to that point. And I know it took him a while, yeah. but he, he's done a great job. Yeah, I'm totally inspired by him. Yeah, that's great. Fellowship. Now, this was a big thing that you yeah. brought up before. You were mentioning that you were desperate to have those those male friendships, and yeah. you were at the same time through some of your stories. It seemed. What's the word? Maybe misguided regarding what male friendship looked like. Yeah. Believing it had to deal with competition and. And I had, to, I had to go and beat you in order to do this for you to accept me. What? How has that changed as a result of F three? Yeah, it's ended. <laughs> like all of the all of the things I thought before about fellowship is is ended, um, and <clears throat> my fellowship now is completely different. And the way I view other guys um, around the community is different. Um, I don't have to please anybody. Mm. I always thought I did. You know, you have to be, you have to be good. You can't be slow. And I'll tell you one thing: if it wasn't for those guys, um, in the, my early stages where I did have to stop twice and they stopped with me, I never would have come back to F three. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for the fellowship that I was, you know, meeting people, um, like I did at F three, I would never came back. If there was anyone who was giving me a hard time about being behind, being the six, I never would have showed up. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it feels like um, people that I've, I've been accepted for who, uh, who I am a little bit more uh, now than ever before. Yeah. And so um, I'm very appreciative. So my fellowship is, <clears throat> I'm still working on it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do more things outside of F3 with some PAX guys, you know, you know have some people over and things like that. Those are things I want to move into. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty thrilled with, with the guys I've met here. And they, they will always, no matter where I am, uh, where I land, this is going to be uh, you know, something I look back on with nothing but the most fond memories of the guys out here in this PAX. That's great. Now, excuse me, um, one of the things that we had touched on before but we didn't hit on too much your first post was four years ago, yeah. but you said you missed a couple of years. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to bring this up because I know where you were during yeah. that time. Well, not, not entirely. But tell us kind of why that two-year um, misfire happened yeah. and what you were doing. And specifically, since we're talking about fellowship... Tell us a little bit about the fellowship in, the, in that regard. Wow, that's that's a, that's a big one. We're going to open this up yeah. for a second episode. Ooh, I know, right? <laughs> uh, in the third hour. <laughs> um, you know, so my job, there was an opportunity. We were building a, an operations hub. I worked for United Healthcare. We were uh, for 16 years now. And we were building an operations hub over in Dublin, Ireland. And I was one of the, one of the few chosen to go and 
set up that hub. So I took a two-year expat assignment to Dublin, Ireland. Um, it started January 1, 2017, and ran through January 1, 2019. So two-year assignment, uh, and, of which I left Greensboro and came back for like one day in two years. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that was the misfire, the, the misfire, if you will, is that one of the hardest parts about going was was the F3 life I had created and other people had uh, built up in me, and having to leave that behind was, was difficult. Mm-hmm. But it, I knew it was for two years, and there was always the chance I'd come back here mm-hmm. uh, to Greensboro, So, uh, and luckily I did, and I've been back for 10 months, if you can believe it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, wow. It feels like yesterday. Yeah. But, you know, the, from a, going to the fellowship piece of it, um, it's funny because F3 was, I, I tried to start F3 over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I call it unsuccessfully okay. uh, because it's no longer there. Once, mm-hmm. I, once I left, it, uh, it disbanded. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't able to, to build up a queue set. I had, you know, one guy who would uh, queue along with me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it was hard to to keep that up, and so once I left, you know, I was the one constantly sending out texts like, "Hey, we're meeting in the morning. We're meeting, you know, meeting yeah. in the morning," um, that kind of thing. So it it, but the relationships though are still strong today. Matter of fact, I was talking to um, his name's Gutterball. <laughs> Terrible. That's another thing. We have a really small packs. Like I'm the only guy naming people. <laughs> You don't want me to It's terrible. <laughs> you know, so we, uh, yeah, I was not a great namer, uh-huh. um, you know, when it's only you. Yeah. Like, no one else is really, you know, speaking up. They don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so, Gutterball, he's still over there. He comes back. It's Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still in contact almost every day. Mm-hmm. Um, same with a lady. Uh, his name's Matt Fox. He's, in, he's now back in Dallas. Um, he was on my team over there in Ireland, we still talk quite often as well. Mm. So, I mean, the Irish relationships from F3 mm. were hard. Um, they look at relationships differently than than we do, mm. and I don't mean they as in I can't speak for every Irish guy, uh, but it was really hard to build, um, build up the Ireland contingent of yeah. F3. Most of the guys over there were other expats mm. uh, that were... You know, so not all from America, but other expats were coming in, or and then guys would come over from from here in the states to visit and stuff like that. So it was different, but the relationships I did form are still strong. It's just very few of them, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping to leave a legacy there, mm-hmm. and um, uh, we're learning about legacy in the Q source right now. So yeah. it's like it's one of the things I wanted to leave. That was unsuccessful, yeah. but I think that the friendships that um, came out of F3 Ireland mm-hmm. um, will last for a while. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think Gutterball is even hoping to um, potentially, he's looking, he, he wants to move somewhere else mm-hmm. when he comes back to the States. And so he's thinking about moving where we are to be, you know, in close proximity because we were, became close friends. There you go. So looking forward to that. How do you not consider that a legacy? I don't know. I mean, I guess because you look at, well, you look, this Natville is what I have to go on. Yeah. And if you look at the difference between 
Natville over those two years mm-hmm. went from what it was in twenty early late twenty sixteen mm-hmm. to what it is today. I mean, it's probably doubled. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's people like you who didn't exist on the F three side of things when I left. Uh, you know, a lot of new people that I I talk to now quite often. Mall cop, mm-hmm. you know, you others that, that weren't around uh, when I left. Mm-hmm. And then you put that up against F three Ireland, which was you know you get between two and eight, mm-hmm. uh, you know, almost always four at most on the week, early weekdays, mm-hmm. and then you, you may get eight on the weekends, depending on, you know, what's going on, if there's a rugby match or, <laughs> or whatever. There's always, you know, plenty of excuses on the Irish side, too. Yeah. Um, nothing we're not used to. Yeah. But um, I just, I wanted it to be so much more. Yeah. I wanted it to be still going on today. Mm-hmm. I wanted an Irish guy to take it over and have it grow and have 30, 40 guys and break out to a new park and, you know, starfish throughout uh, Dublin. Mm-hmm. It never happened. but It's okay. Failure is part of it, right? It is, it is. And I know that, you know, <clears throat> we didn't, we were part of mustard seeds in a way. Um, it was, I just found it difficult to keep it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, it was already taxing on the family to go over to a new country and mm-hmm. um, I probably looking back on it could have spent more time uh, in certain areas to try to grow it mm-hmm. and I just didn't and so I look at it as a little bit of a lost opportunity I wish it would have grown but at least uh, you know I, I did give it my best shot yeah. uh, to, to bring F3 to Ireland because I know that there's <laughs> plenty of sad clowns on that side of the world as well mm-hmm. um, it's just a different culture, yeah. and it was harder to break through than I thought it yeah. was going to be. But F3 Ireland has great memories, man, for me. We, we did a lot of cool things, and, oh, man, the pictures I tried to post from F3 Ireland, I mean, it, it was beautiful. Mm. I mean, it was just nothing like it, running up on cliffs overlooking the, the sea, yeah. you know, just on your normal post. Yeah. It, was, it was awesome. That's great. Awesome experience. Awesome. All right. So to, to round it out now, yeah. tell us, you, you'd already mentioned this before, and we know that there wasn't a huge 180-degree shift uh, previously in your faith. But as, a, as our last point here, speak a little bit to the faith piece. How has F3 impacted uh, your faith? Yeah, I think that the more in-depth studies and the dis- just discussions with people, um, and, and honestly, I'll, I'll even point out discussions with guys um, that weren't necessarily supposed to be faith-based, you know, guys like Polar, um, Flapjack, mm-hmm. uh, Tommy Boy. They, we've had lots of discussions about faith in non-traditional ways, mm-hmm. um, and I think so. That's helped shape, you know, when you're having to talk about your faith a lot, it, you you naturally get better at defining what that faith is to you and yeah. and I think that's helped and way more confident mm-hmm. you know I, I'm, I can speak out a lot more about what I think about the faith arena and I don't it's kind of take it or leave it mm-hmm. you know I'm, you know I am who I am and I believe what I believe and I but I believe I believe it for a purpose yeah and for a reason I don't think it's haphazard mm-hmm. which I think a lot of uh, that was me beforehand is unable to explain cogently mm-hmm. why I was why I had these 
and it was just, oh, just your parents. You know? Yeah. Hey, your parents taught you that when you were a kid, and you just kind of, that's how you were raised. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Well, I don't feel that way anymore. I feel like I've put the effort in now mm-hmm. uh, with some of this stuff. And and so now it's not just my parents raised me this way. Mm-hmm. It's, no, actually, I thought about it. Uh, this is this is how I got there. Yeah. And and to come along with me, and, and you may not land where I am, but at least I can tell you about it and not, not feel uh, ostracized if people disagree. Yeah. And I'm a little bit more open to that. It's awesome. Yeah. All right, man. Well, this has been fantastic. Thank you very much again for, for sharing your history you. story. Thank you. And, and for the discussion on, on Ireland. Um, so as we, as we close out, do you have any closing thoughts for the PACs? Anything that you'd like to share with them? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the most, I think one of the things I want the PACs to know the most is how important they are to me mm-hmm. and, and to others, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. And, and so I don't know if, um, you know, I get around to talking about it much because, you know, in the gloom, you just, you know, you, know, you do your thing. And then you go and have coffee and have a good time and laugh it up and enjoy the fellowship that second F's bring and then third F's as well. And so I think, you know, I, I don't want to, I was thinking about it on the way in, uh, reflecting on the guys and what they've meant to me and who they were. Mm-hmm. And and I I thought, gosh, this this might be a three-hour tour because the, the, the gentlemen that have helped me through this, um, it's almost impossible to name them all because mm-hmm. everybody that I've worked out with has picked me up in the six. I mean... I, I think of times Polar and I would be literally two miles back, and he would just sit there and, and we'd have a chat while I ran at literally point zero one miles per hour mm-hmm. around the you know the park, uh, country park. Uh, I think about Guiding Light. I think about Huffy. Mm-hmm. I think about um, guys that aren't here anymore, like Brown Noser, um, who you know is out in Denver now, but um, that. You know the the help that these guys have have given me over the years. I just wish I could sit here and name them all. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about Wojo and what he's done, and uh, Dula. You know, Jitterbug, and you know him. He stayed back with me a million times. So it's Wilson. I mean, I I I, I just could I could go on and on, and I probably shouldn't because I would forget someone, and uh, and that wouldn't be cool. But the amount of people that that I love in this organization is it's too it's too many to count mm-hmm. and I just want them to know that that I don't take gloom um, niceties lightly mm-hmm. uh, it means something to me when Nomad stopped and it means something to me when, when Matlock stays behind or gives me a, a a good job it means something to me when these guys say something yeah. um, because I was so so far back so far behind, um, not just in the PACS sense or an AO, but just who I was and what I thought of myself. Mm-hmm. It was pathetic, <laughs> you know, if you look back on it. And these guys have brought me <clears throat> through this. You know, I mentioned the guys in, even in F3 Ireland, mm-hmm. you know, that Rusty Shamrock was, was huge for me. Uh, just guys that didn't care that I wasn't in the best shape mm-hmm. and even when I was queuing workouts and hadn't struggling, there was never a time where I felt like I wasn't 
nobody wanted me there. Yeah. And that means the world to me. And that level of acceptance has changed my entire life, yeah. my entire outlook of, of what life can be and should be for others. And so if I can ever pay that back, I'm still mostly the six, but um, I, I would say that my six has shrunk. The, the, the six distance has shrunk a little bit. Mm-hmm. I still am the six a lot, but uh, the, the distance people have to come back and get me is a little less. <laughs> but uh, I'm just excited about uh, F3, and I'm, I'm the biggest advocate of it because it has flipped me uh, upside down. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, Booney. Well, if guys want to get in touch with you, what's the uh, what's the best method? For yeah, I mean, Twitter is pretty much, you know, solid for me. Uh, it's Boone's Farm underscore F three, uh, I think. <laughs> um, just look for the big label, the Boone's Farm uh, wine bottle. <laughs> you can't go wrong. You can't miss it. He'll end up picking out yeah. Boone's Farm, the drink. <clears throat> thank you. Uh, awesome. All right. Well. Thank you very much again for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's been great. It's been great to reminisce like this. Uh, you know, a lot of this stuff, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. So you think back and say, gosh, you know, it's been some time, but uh, it's been great. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, with that, we close out episode 33. You know, thanks for listening. Stay sharp. We will see you in the gloom. Sunrise on the turquoise mountains, messenger birds in sight. They came up from the valley, both sides at a time, to the cold city rain. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Yammer. If you're interested in sharing your F3 story, reach out to us at f3americanyammer at gmail.com. Again, that's f3americanyammer at gmail.com. Or on Twitter at f3americanyammer. Until next time, stay sharp, and we'll see you in the gloom. Sunrise on the turquoise mountains, messenger birds in sight. They came up from the valley, 